Babette, the many lives, two deaths, and double kidnapping of Dr. Ellsworth, by Ross Elliott, published by Heliocentric Press, 2014. Chapter 1, Prelude. Something is beginning in order to end. Adventure does not let itself be drawn out. It only makes sense when dead. Jean Paulsart, Nausea, 1938. I am not just one person. There are patterns of thoughts in me which I alternatively love and admire, others which enrage me, and still others which I, at times, detest. Albert J. Ellsworth, Counseling, A Frame of Reference, Summer, 1963. Portland, Oregon, a cool afternoon in early December, 2000. The scuffed black boots of a young man pound down empty hallways of St. Vincent Hospital. Determined steps echo as he pushes up the sleeve of an olive drab jacket, comparing room numbers against scrawled permanent marker ink trailing down his pale left wrist. It reads 423 and still exudes a faint odor, which fades, replaced by the institutional smell of cleaning solution. At the correct doorway, he pulls a thin curtain aside and peers within. Eyes and mouth open wide. He jerks his head back in alarm, but recovers, tears the cloth away, and bursts inside. Blood. Before his gaze, it pools on beige tiles, stains crumpled white bedclothes, and daubs the figure of an elderly woman lying diagonally on her back in bed. A hand grips the aluminum rail, and one bare foot presses flat on the crimson-spattered floor, as though in preparation to stand. She looks up through thick glasses underneath a matted gray wig. It almost topples off as her large, round head swivels about. A flimsy blue gown gapes open, and the other hand clutches a red-soaked towel between her legs. She spots the visitor and lets it drop. A fresh wave of blood sluices down wobbling thighs. The man strides over, face drained. What's happened? Can you talk? Are you all right? He asks. She moans and replies, a thick European accent distorting her words. The man bends closer over ashen cheeks. He strains to hear. I know. I don't have much longer to live. Both eyelids flutter, then drift shut. Swiftly, the man reaches over to an emergency call button mounted on the wall and presses it repeatedly. Nothing happens. With his fist now, he hammers two, three, four times. The plastic knob mocks him. Insensible. He runs into the hallway and spots a distant nurse. Help! He shouts. The uniformed woman looks at him and pauses. Hey there, help! He repeats, feeling oddly self-conscious. After a moment's contemplation, she begins slow, measured steps in his direction. He retraces red-smeared footprints and finds the old woman upright. Determination twists her broad face. No, 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 hold still, lie down, you're going to be okay. He reassures her. There's help on the way. At this, a hand flaked in clotted blood wraps around his forearm. You must get me out of here. I swear, I can't stay a minute longer. Her voice is low, lips close to his ear. They put these things in me. I can't bear it. I tore them all out. It is an absolute vision of hell. At this, the man notices a small oozing wound inside her left wrist and several clear plastic tubes on the floor. They lead to an IV stand and other medical equipment. Voices abruptly sound nearby, and a trio of nurses enter. 
to attend their patient, and the man moves to assist, but the third pulls him aside. Are you a relative? she asks. Yes, her grandson. He hopes stress makes this sound convincing. The nurse shrugs, her countenance dismissive. We must keep Dr. Ellsworth overnight. She can't leave like this. Look, here, what she's done to herself. A catheter tube must be deflated before it's removed from the urethra, but she ripped it out regardless. I don't want to sound callous, but your grandmother has been nothing but a terror for everyone. Please keep her under control. The nurse's mouth arcs downward in disapproval. Like an animal, the old woman croaks. To be treated this way by you beasts. Each stone-faced nurse works silently. Then they swiftly exit, a fresh bundle of towels left behind. The man wets one at a nearby sink and wipes crusted streaks from the prostrate woman's arms. She turns her head and fixes him with a sober expression. You must take me out of here immediately. I know soon I can regain my strength. Enough that at least we can fly to Las Vegas. We will be married. You may keep living in my house and preserve the library. And no one can stop you. All my books. Her voice drifts off. She blinks behind thick glasses that magnify her lazy right eye hugely out of proportion. Its gaze drifts over his shoulder, as if plotting a next move. Her left stares straight ahead. The man presses dry lips together and swallows. His two eyes meet her one, yet are still outnumbered. We shall be wed, she continues calmly. And then, so, I never come back to a place like this. I will commit suicide. I have the pills. It will be quick. Babette, he cries out. Hot tears course down his cheeks. 